Aloha, North Kohala. This is Holly Allgood, and you're listening to KNKR LP 96.1 FM Kohala. I'm Holly Allgood. This is Tutu's Talk Story, and my very special guest today is Hilda Lupke. Hilda is the sales and marketing manager for Big Island Air here in on the Big Island of Hawaii. So we want to give her a warm welcome. Thank you for being with us today. And I hear you have some pretty interesting stories about uh, where your life has been and taken you to this point in time. Can you tell us where are you from, Hilda? Okay, so uh, good afternoon. Aloha to everybody. And um, I'm Hilda Lapke. I'll repeat that again. And yes, I was born in Philippines. And uh, where in the Philippines? That is actually in Luzon. It's three hours away from uh, Manila, if mm-hmm. everybody knows about that. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's one of the many islands of the Philippines. Yes, it is. Actually, we have like 7,100 islands in the Philippines, if I'm not mistaken. But that's actually what I've learned. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. And what was it like? Did you grow up there as well? Yes, uh, from I was born to 16 years old, I stayed in Philippines. Then after that, I venture out in every uh, vicinity of the world, like you called it. But uh-huh. growing up there, it is tough, hard, but of course happy because this is what I am right now, a happy person. <laughs> so tell us what, what's tough about it or what was tough in your particular situation. Okay, uh, as we all know, Philippines is one of the country, even though, even right now, it's a hardship of life, especially when uh, they call it like you are in the middle class, but still middle class here, it's different in Philippines. Middle class meaning it's the poorest here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we grow up nothing, mm-hmm. but I strive hard. Just like, for example, when I was back in, uh, like, uh, just to do in our every day to survive, going to school, I was the one who put myself to go to school. Mm-hmm. So, in order to do that, we have to walk miles and miles and miles just to go and learn ABC every day. Mm-hmm. And we don't even have electricity, water, or anything like that. But we're still happy. We just walk like five miles probably from our house just to go to the school. Mm-hmm. So, and then, like here, I will compare it in Philippines. Here, they will provide food for the kids. Mm-hmm. But there, we don't have anything. The government there, I would say, yeah, they're trying so hard, but it is hard. Living in a third world country, they call it, it's Mm -hmm. quite different. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, in order for me to maintain that and go to school every weekend, I had to go and buy those kind of stuff like newspaper and stuff like that and make it as a paper bag. It's like a handicraft, they call it, Mm -hmm. and then I'll sell it to people, and then I will get some kind of stuff to, you know, to survive with that. So even as a child, you were selling handmade objects? Yes, it is. I started from when I was six years old, Mm -hmm. and all all the way up to when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. And 
yeah, that's the kind of hardship that I had there. Right. Yeah. And what? Tell us a little bit about your family, if you can. Okay, my uh, mom and dad. We they are a farmer. They're farmers there, but um, being a farmer, it, it is actually not what the farmer here that they have their own machines and stuff like mm-hmm. that. We do farming there with our own hands. Mm-hmm. So. They farm the land, but it's just enough for us to eat and survive. And what kinds of things did they grow? They grow rice, some uh, different kinds of vegetables, and then we harvest that. Sometimes we sell it if we have enough, but if we don't have it, then we just keep it to ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the kind of minimum kind of uh, uh, food that we get, and that's when we grow up. We just have to strive harder and able to, to have more than what we wanted. And mm-hmm. as a young kid, every time I go, because we live in a secluded area at that time, then when my mom take me to the town area, I will go and look at this shop that they sell different kinds of bread. And I was like, Six years old to nine years old, I never had that kind of bread in my life. Mm-hmm. So I was like really fascinated with it. Mm-hmm. And then I keep telling my mom about it like, Mom, when we have enough money, I think I'm going to just get one of that and taste it and to see what kind of uh, like taste of that bread. So then she said, yes, just keep uh, earning, saving up, and then probably we can manage to get that. Mm-hmm. So that's been my goal. Mm-hmm. Every time I save up penny, penny, penny. Mm-hmm. Then one day I went back there. I was so happy. And I bought it with pride. I was so happy. And then when I buy it, I think the owner gave me the worst bread ever that I can't imagine. Mm-hmm. When I bought it, I was like, Wow. So this is what I've been dreaming for almost three years. This is the taste of the bread. But then my mom says, it's not the taste that you had learned today. It's your perseverance, the mm-hmm. hard work that you have done so far and able to, to save up that money to get that bread. Mm-hmm. Now you know how to do it. So I was like, okay, mom, thank you for that. Then the next step I did is like, okay, another shoes again. I look into this kid, and I say, I like that shoes. But then my mom says, are you sure it's the shoes that you wanted to have? I say, probably. So what she did, she take me every time she goes to the market, and she said, look around you. Is that the one that you like, or you want more than that. So I said, yeah, maybe I want more than that, but it's not the shoes anymore that I like. It's the kind of lifestyle, the kind of thinking. And then she looked at me and she said, you can do more if you get out here. Spread your wings and work hard. So your mother was very inspirational, it sounds like. She, she's one who really let you believe that you could, I'm hearing that you could do anything you want to do if you persevered. 
I guess she's one of the person that I look up to and listen to all those wisdom that she told me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I did that. But again, growing up, going to high school and stuff like that, she told that she told me that I can't go to school anymore because we can't even afford our everyday life. Mm-hmm. So then I said, you taught me to get out there, spread, spread my wings, and then now you're telling me that I can't go to school? So then she said, going to school is easy if you want it. You can do better, th- you can do better uh, things after that if you want it. But the only thing is my hands are tight, our hands are tight, you know it. So I decided I had to get out there. Mm-hmm. At the age of 14, mm-hmm. I had to get out in our house that nobody can do it. Because all the kids there, they're all like, uh, how do you call it? Being, uh, they just stay, Filipino uh, culture is like you have to stay with your parents no yes. matter how old you are. Even mm-hmm. though here, Filipino here, mm-hmm. like my son is still staying, but no. <laughs> so... That's what our culture is like. We have to stay where, where you grew up, where your parents are. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I did. Mm-hmm. I got out there. In order to survive, I had to stay with other people's house. Mm-hmm. So did you do that at the, in the Philippines? Yes, I did. Did you have many brothers and sisters? I have one brother and one sister. I'm the youngest. Okay. So, so what happened next? I stayed with my uh, relatives that I thought it will be my mentor or that will help me, but I was wrong. Instead, the hardship that I got from home is worse when I get to that. Mm. But then I said, this might be just a big test for me. I I just stayed there until I finish up high school because mm-hmm. I have no way of uh, means to study up being my own out there. Right. So I have to stay with them mm-hmm. and do all the hard works and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And if you name it from hard work or stuff like that, you cannot imagine that. So I have to endure and let time pass by and be done with my goal. So what I'm hearing is for several years, you had to live with relatives who also forced you to do manual things that were beyond what you were doing at home. Yes. But it enabled you to finish school. Yes. Mm-hmm. So after that, I finished high school. I wanted to go higher than that, but I cannot really take it anymore. Mm-hmm. And since I, by that time, I'm more stronger now, I think. I believe that I'm more stronger with my my goal and stuff. So I told my sister, my elder ses- sister, that she just need to help me a little bit, but I will help myself too. She'll, so she is the one who put me into college. Mm. But I just finished two years college. I did not finish it because I got a lot of story about that again. Mm-hmm. So at that time, she was in Singapore. Mm-hmm. She's working as a, they, they call it a domestic helper, which is working with other people in their house and stuff. Mm-hmm. So then I told her, maybe I can come now and work as a domestic helper too. Mm-hmm. And now I can earn money. But she told me, 
I thought you got more uh, go higher goal than that. Mm-hmm. But then at that time, money is like something that we need those moments because my mom is getting sick. Mm. So in order for me, I said I wanted to make money because of my mom, because of our family. Mm-hmm. So that's been my goal since the beginning when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. In order for me to be where I am right now, I said, I just want to help my family. Mm-hmm. Family is the number one thing for me. Mm-hmm. So then my sister did not really manage to stop me from what my decision is. I went to Singapore when I was 16 years old. Mm-hmm. I don't even know anything. I mean, my English is not even like this because we talk minimum English there in Philippines. It's just like a second, let's say third language because we have our own dialect and our Ilocano is our dialect and then Tagalog is the national language and then English is just like, it's minimum. So then I just understand simple English that time. Even I was, I graduated in high school. Mm -hmm. So I went there. And my sister said, here you are, no turning back. So I work as a domestic helper for one year. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how to cook. Mm. <laughs> it's like boiling egg. I will burn it. Mm-hmm. And my sister said, this is not what's going to be okay for everybody here, especially when your employer are higher-ups. Mm-hmm. So what I did, I venture out in Singapore. And I meet people on my own. So I met one person, and he helps me. He said, I tell you what, I will train you, and you will be my uh, assistant in the office. So I said, sure. I don't even know how to. Yes, I know how to work computer because that's my, uh, I studied for computer. So I said, yeah, I can just whatever code entry and stuff like that. And then he said, sure. So yes, I earned my way up. But money is still not enough. What I did, I went to look for another uh, opportunity. I look into this grocery and it says to be a dog walker. I did that too. And then I went to look for another part-time and it says uh, like babysitting at night and I'll get paid $10 per hour. I said, that's good enough. So in a year, I have four jobs, Mm. like two jobs for four hours one day. And then at night, I will have like a babysitting and another job for the next morning. So I made money like, wow. So this is how what I mean, the feeling of making money. It's my first time to to count $200 $200 in my hand. And I was like, wow, I'm rich. That's my mind setting when I was in that time. Yes. I'm rich for $200. So when the years gone by, I was like thinking, 200 is not enough. I want more. And, and, and when you say you want more, can you say why you wanted more? Was it where you were living or for your family? It's or? for my family. Mm-hmm. I was not thinking about myself that time. Mm-hmm. I just want more for my family. Mm-hmm. But then there's another story in that, that me wanting more to give it to my family. Mm-hmm. 
as something that good in a way that I should have not done. Mm-hmm. Because going back to that situation before that we don't have anything, mm-hmm. we are happy, contented, and no worries. Mm-hmm. But then days gone by with them having a little bit to survive, it's just for me the way I feel when I see them, when they talk to me, it's not enough. Mm-hmm. Then here comes problem. Mm-hmm. Here comes things that I cannot understand why we're having that. But when we don't have it before, it's good enough. Mm-hmm. So I was telling myself, did I do the right thing? Or I need more. Mm-hmm. But I said, okay, I want more. But that for myself, like I said. So yeah, I venture out again. I'm still in Singapore. Are you still in I'm Singapore? I'm still in Singapore. Are you living with your sister? Uh, yes, that's when she's still there. But we don't usually uh, meet each other because when you work with employers, mm-hmm. you cannot uh, get out in the house. You can only um, just have a day off for at least once a month. Mm. So that's her situation. But my situation is like I'm wild and free. <laughs> but then... Because of that, I think it's not being wild and free in a bad way, but I just want to venture out there. I just want to seek good opportunity. And on those times, not a lot of Filipino women can do that. Mm -hmm. And I just want to prove it to them that Mm -hmm. if you put yourself into it, go for it as long as you are leading to the right way. Mm -hmm. And so I did that. I met, again, a guy that works in um, American Embassy. And he was saying he had a family that he's going to be bringing into him uh, in, in Singapore. So he needs somebody to assist them. And then I said, what do you mean assist them? Just to, like, venture out in Singapore and tell them about cult- cultures and stuff like that. So I said, oh, I can be your assistant. So in order to do that, he offered me to stay in this place for seasons. Oh, nice. And wow, I said, <laughs> okay, this is another higher up uh, opportunity. opportunity. Mm-hmm. He, they're a nice family, and I love them to death. So in order to do that, I just have to, um, you know, like to be with them all the time and... I said, but the only way to do that, because he is for, he's a foreigner, considered to be a foreigner, they cannot have anybody in the house without going to a proper documentation. It's the same thing here. Mm-hmm. So he said, I'm going to apply you as a domestic helper, but you don't need to do that. I said, I don't, I don't mind anything as long it will benefit you and benefit me. So yeah, I, they applied me to do that. But mainly I'm working for him to do all the paperwork and stuff like that. And then he is the one who gave me an opportunity to study. Oh. Yeah, to study. But then as like um as like a data encoder and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And after that we he they stayed there for at least six years. And you were with them the whole time? Yes, I was with them all the time. And oh before that story I forgot about again my another life which is 
I work with um, one of the biggest uh, cold, uh, how do you call it? It's a grocery that has like 42 outlets in Singapore. Mm. So I put myself into that. I work my way in as a data encoder. I use that. I use what I've learned. Yes. So after that, I think they saw how valuable I am. I'm the asset of it, <laughs> probably, of the company. So they trained me to be an assistant buyer of uh, wine and cheese. Mm. So, yeah, I learned a little bit of that while I was there. I worked mm -hmm. with that company for almost four years, too. Mm -hmm. So after that, too, it gives me an opportunity to travel all over the world. Mm. That's where I got all my experiences and stuff. And I was like, here you are, a lady from Philippines who can hardly speak English, don't know anything, and now here I am. So was it the buying of the cheese and wine that had you go to different travel? Yes. Mm -hmm. So tell us about that. Okay, so uh, the first thing, of course, they, will let, they let me travel to the Asian country, which is Hong Kong, China, uh, wherever that it's uh, Asian. So... And my boss, actually, I was with, him, with them, and so they let me had opportunity to taste every different kind of, let's say for us as a Filipino, we don't like cheese. I was going to say, I don't <laughs> equate cheese with Asian countries. We do not like cheese, mm -hmm. but I was surprised with myself that I can surpass all those yucky tastes. <laughs> and I actually, I, I love it. I like it. I mm -hmm. began to like it. Mm -hmm. Like the uh, Gouda, the strong cheese, like blue cheese, and all that kind of stuff. I was like, yeah. So it tastes, your, uh, it changes your palate also if you put your mind into it. Mm -hmm. It's not when you say that, oh, it's cheese, I don't want it. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. no, you have to keep on trying it before you say you don't like it. Mm -hmm. So with that thing, I'm applying what my mom keep telling me, do not say no until you tried it. Mm -hmm. And do not say you can't mm -hmm. until you did it. Mm-hmm. And so those are the stuff that I've learned, I mean, so far. So, yeah, I've traveled all over the world. And that time also when my boss is about to leave the U.S. for some uh, work-related, so they had to uh, ask me whether I want to stay back in Philippines or in Singapore or to continue with my life there as a free woman. Mm -hmm. And so I said, maybe I just have to stay here for a while to enjoy my life and, yeah, be just venture out. So when they left, my status changes mm. that uh, I had to give up on that kind of freedom. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even realize that I should have not done it. I should have just went home. Yes. But I did not. So, mm -hmm. yeah. In order to stay in Singapore, I have to work as a nanny. Mm -hmm. But being a nanny, I've learned a lot again to, to deal with from toddlers to teenagers to mm -hmm. an adult. Mm -hmm. Being a nanny of uh, seniors and stuff, 
I prefer them actually rather than the young kid that can talk <laughs> back on you. So, but before, I love kids. I really love kids. Until now, I really do love kids. So, yep, from toddlers to seniors, I babysit them. Mm-hmm. From, from. Uh, did you work with, through an agency, or how did that come no, about? No, that's one thing that I did not actually um, did it because of what I have learned. The ins and outs. It's not illegal. It's legal. So the ins and outs. I I went through direct people. Like I knock on their door. I call them, and I offer them my service. And mm-hmm. because probably I'm a likable person, <laughs> so they trust me with their uh, everything. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's what I've been doing for almost how many years? Like from 16 years old to recently, when I was what? year when I got off from Singapore. I think that's when I, I met my husband mm-hmm. that time. Mm-hmm. I think I stayed there for 38 years. 38 years in yes. Singapore? So as if, th- okay, correct me with that. Let's say 29 years something all in all like straight. Cause, okay. So I think from now, because I'm 50 years old, when I calculate it, I stayed in Singapore longer than in Philippines, where my birth... Where, where you're from. Yes. yes. So now, I think the culture is more Singapore supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But I still love Philippines because that's where I was born and mm-hmm. that's where my family is. Mm-hmm. So, that's the story. <laughs> so, what caused you to leave Singapore? My husband. Well, t- can you tell us that story? Okay, then. So, yeah, when I was working as a part-time nanny again, I met couples that uh, they are from Texas. So they invited me to come to the U.S. And a lot of people actually will be thinking, oh, my gosh, you're going to go to the U.S.? And I always wanted to come here. It's like, wow, it's another stepping stone. So, yeah, they, they grant me, and I applied for my visa, and I got approved, but just to come here as a tourist. So we came here. We went to Texas, and then all, all the way up, it's like when we were about to um, go home, actually, my boss said that uh, we're going to go stop in Hawaii. Oh, nice. I was like, <laughs> where is Hawaii? <laughs> so then I, I said, oh, just, just pack your bag and we've got to go there. So I said, okay. So we came here and said, you're going to a tour. It's like, what is that, a volcano tour? I said, okay. So I didn't know that that day I'm going to meet the man of my life. Mm. So he is the pilot, mm-hmm. and we exchanged numbers and stuff like that. And at first, he was not so uh, interested, <laughs> <laughs> but he just talked story and stuff like that, and me too. So I went back to Singapore without thinking about anything. And then later on, I, re- um, I was like looking at my phone, and I was like, oh my gosh. Yes, I met Steve Lapke. So I'm the one who initiated it. I sent him a message. <laughs> I said, hello. And then after a few hours, he replied and said, hello. 
and then that's the start of it. <laughs> oh, isn't that something? And you were back in Singapore at that point. Yes, I was back in Singapore without thinking of anything else anymore. So there All right, go. well, we're going to take a break. You are listening to Hilda Lupke here on Tutu's Talk Story. I'm your host, Holly Allgood, and this is KNKR LP 96.1 FM Kohala. Stay tuned so for some of more of Hilda's exciting stories. DJ Annalisa Remix Bisayan Budot. <laughs> Tagalog Larawang Kupas. And to these hits, Lane and Dub. Only here, be nice to hits. Every Thursday, 11 to 1. Dito sa KNKRLP 96.1 FM. Kuhalas. Okay. <laughs> Queens North Hawaii Community Hospital is now offering the coronavirus vaccine to Kapuna 75 and older. You can call 881-4668 to make an appointment to get your vaccination at their clinic in Waimea. That's 881-4668. Stay safe, wear your mask, avoid large gatherings, and when you can, get your vaccination. We're all in this together. Mahalo. Woman, sister, do you hear me? You are the giver of life. Your blood is This is Isla Allgood of Women's Voices. Tune in on Monday and Wednesday from 4 till 6 p.m. to listen to women from around the world, around Hawaii, songs with positive and empowering messages on KNKRLP. 96.1 FM Monday and Wednesday 4 to 6 p.m. Aloha North Kohala it's Holly Allgood back with Tutu's Talk Story here on KNKR LP 96.1 FM Kohala I'm here today with Hilda Lupke she's a joy to be with we were just talking about being happy and being joyful and Hilda, why don't you repeat what you were just, what's your philosophy about happiness? For me, happiness is everything because, like, for example, in our everyday life, when you're cranky and not happy with yourself, it's like when you, do, when you want to do something, how could you think clearly if you're cranky? So just be happy. Be yourself. Let it go. Come on. Because life is just, it's so precious. We have only one life. So enjoy while you can and be happy like me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it seems like that's part of the Philippine culture also. I've heard over and over people who visit say everybody seems so happy, even if life is very hard, that people are singing and dancing and, uh, and seem happy. Actually, it is right because w even you see somebody on the street and when you say hello to them, they will always give you a big smile and say hello, even though they're already like can't even hardly walk or can't even hardly see you. They will always have a smile on their face. And I think not only Filipino, if you have really love in yourself, in respect to others, 
just be happy because that's only one thing that people cannot tell you to do. So learn from yourself first before everything will be okay. So Sounds good. I think all of us could use a little dose of that every day. I'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> now, you were telling us about meeting your husband, and at the time you were living in Singapore, and Man. he was living in Hawaii. <laughs> So how did you come together? Okay, so that time, actually, he's not really leaving here. He just came here as a, uh, how do you say it, so-called part-time uh, retirement. That's what he called himself. He fly and work for one day and six days, I'm not exaggerating, playing golf. What nice. a life. <laughs> <laughs> so when we talk in, uh, when we met, we talk about our life and stuff like that. He shared me about his lifestyle and stories and stuff. So I did mine too. And we didn't even think about being together at that moment because we're just beginning to know each other. So at that time, yeah, we talked for almost, I think, probably a year. And then probably... <laughs> I guess our Lord has a purpose on both of us that we need, probably we need each other, could be. So, yeah, he asked me, like, if you want, you can go back to Philippines and I'll come and visit you there. So I said, sure. So he came there and we met there. And, of course, our tradition you cannot come into the house until you meet all my family. <laughs> Even though I'm like, what, I'm 38 years old that time. So, yes, he came to the house, meet my mom, meet my dad and my sisters and my nieces and stuff. So, yeah, as a good uh, son to be in, in law, probably, we have this uh, so-called tradition that he has to take the hand of the parents and put it in his forehead so that's what we call blessings and until now actually my son is doing that to him and to us so uh, that's one thing that I, I i keep loving him for for him to do to do uh, to do it and not to remove that kind of tradition so yeah we hit on and he said i'm i'm this uh i, I how, how do you say he said like i'm it's not old, he said. I'm old now. Probably I'm old now, too, I said. So let's just, come on, get on with it. If See if we can last with this. So he invited me to come here, actually in Florida, not here first. So I, w I came, and that's it. And we got married, and now I said, okay, let's bring my son that's another story that I, I did not actually say. So I have my son, and so I said, let's bring my son here. So that's it. And that time, my son is a young boy that has, I would say, he has a direction, but no fatherly or men uh, affection or no, how do you call that? Probably. No man in their life. Yes, because he grew up with my sister, my mom, me, and everybody. It's just women. So I said, this probably is probably a good opportunity for him and for you too. So I would say that my husband is the one that had given my son the biggest uh, good impact on my son right now mm. that he had become what he is. Mm -hmm. And I'm proud to say that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and tell us what happened to your son. So did he come and uh, yes. to Florida at that time? He then? came to Florida, and those times actually is when 
my husband was trying to transition and he said, uh, remember the time that we were in Hawaii and this and that. I said, sure. Oh, it so happened that they contacted me and probably we can be the owner of this company. I said, <laughs> knowing me, I would say, can we afford it? <laughs> and I said, yes, of course we can. Do you think I will tell you if we can't? And then what did I tell you too? That we will we will do it no matter what. I said, sure. So yeah, the transition is really fast. I didn't even have a minute to think about it and it's straight away. But before that, we were uh, doing something uh, interesting actually, a business deal uh, in Florida which is a huge business deal. So I guess we, we learned from that too. We worked so hard, including my son for the first time. I put him to work. And the funny part is with that business, we have to stay in this place in Louisiana in the middle of nowhere in a cornfield full of trouble trailers. A full of travel trailers? Yes, because that's the business that he did. He's one of the guy that bought that, uh, uh, how do you call those, 28,000 used travel trailers. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, that's what we've been dealing for almost, let's say, two and a half years. And we are staying in that corn, uh, in the middle of cornfield. And the only thing that we can see is one McDonald and one traffic light. <laughs> but we had fun because mm -hmm. we stayed there for three weeks and then we fly back to Florida for a week just to go and check the house. And then we fly back again to Florida. So those are the times also that it has given me and my son an opportunity to wander around United States because we've been everywhere like Ohio, California, Nevada, just to sail tra travel trailers. Oh, so you were taking travel trailers to different parts all yes, over the like United it's, States? Yes, it's a wholesale because mm -hmm. of that 28,000. How can you like imagine to sell that big mm -hmm. amount of travel trailers? and? But we had fun for almost two and a half years. Mm -hmm. So after selling all that, then that's why when we came here mm -hmm. in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. And when my husband say, this is going to be our uh, semi, uh, how do you call it? Semi-retirement. Retirement again. So mm -hmm. I said, okay, I think I've heard about that. Okay, <laughs> let's do it. So by that time, my son still not sure where to go in his future. Mm-hmm. But he's, he studied up uh, business management, mm -hmm. so he finished that up. But my husband is trying to inject some uh, idea. I want, mm -hmm. uh, like he, he cannot tell him, I want you to be a pilot because I'm a pilot, you know. He, mm -hmm. he, he's trying to say that, but he don't want to say it direct because he want him to feel it and to mm -hmm. be the one to like it. Mm -hmm. But we were so surprised because he said, I want to be a pilot. Mm-hmm. So, yes, he's now a pilot, mm -hmm. and I'm happy with his future, mm -hmm. and I'm happy with what he's going on to his life. So, like I told him again, because he come down and sat with me, and he said, I never know that I can be like this. I didn't even think about this mom, because when I was back in Philippines, all he wanted is just to finish up high school mm -hmm. and get married. Mm -hmm. 
I said, I know. But I said, I don't want you to be like other kids, has no direction, no future. And the only thing that I keep telling you is, what did I keep telling you? Finish up your studies. No matter how hard it is, finish up. It's better to be on a hardcore right now and then enjoy life later. So w- where was he at this point? Was he in Florida going to school? or He's done. He's a pilot, actually, and he's working in uh, his station now in Hilo, and he's one of the pilot of Life Save Company, oh, uh, the air ambulance. Yes. So before that, he works with us part-time, and then mm-hmm. he works with another company in Honolulu, mm-hmm. but they're, they're belly up. So now... It's good thing also because of his uh, background and stuff like that that they offer him that job. Mm-hmm. And it's a hard job too, but I told him, yeah, stay focused. Stay where you are right now. You're lucky because you have a job with this situation. Mm-hmm. So just keep that. So is that, are those helicopters or planes? It or? is. It's a plane actually that he's operating right now. Mm-hmm. And that's when people have to go to Oahu because of yes. medical emergencies? Medical emergencies, mm-hmm. yes. He comes to Kona too. He goes to uh, Maui. So it's, they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. So that's what he's doing. He's well, enjoying he's, it so far. <laughs> and he's saving lives, right? Yes, he is. He's saving life. Mm-hmm. So when did you all finally come to Hawaii? That's when we finish up selling the last travel trailers. <laughs> so, so are you telling me you sold 28,000 travel trailers? I would say, proudly say, yes. Wow. Well, we did. <laughs> My <laughs> husband did and I, so yeah, we did that. Mm-hmm. And we got here, I think, January eight years ago. Mm-hmm. So this has been our eight years celebration mm-hmm. for being here in Hawaii. And mm-hmm. so far, we're enjoying it. Yes. And so did you, and you started Big Island Air? Yes, we did. Mm-hmm. Uh, we transitioned to that. And at first, we wanted to like do a private charter and stuff like that. And then air tours now. Mm-hmm. So... So did you come here, did you buy a business, or did you buy a plane, or how does one start in a company like that? Uh, this company, actually, it's the oldest air tour private charter, the first one that has been uh, situated here at Big Island. Oh. So we bought that from a guy, and so it's been situated, but he'd say he wanted to retire and stuff like that. So at first, we transitioned to get the old uh, airplanes and stuff. But knowing my husband and all the people uh, feeling to be riding on an old uh, a bit uh, airplane, I mean, you won't be feeling safe. So instead, my husband ventured out and bought a brand new Cessna Caravan to, to be, you know, it's the state-of-the-art kind of plane. So, yeah, we bought that, and then after that, we bought another plane, which is a small aircraft, and then after that, he bought another one again, <laughs> which is a, it's another small. I mean, it's just like a small aircraft just to, to have your, uh, it's like for good for six people, four people, and then the caravan is good for 13 people. So 13 people. it's like, it's just a small company. And so this, when you say they're charters, 
This is someone calls up and maybe has a special request to fly somewhere in Hawaii to another place in Hawaii? Yes, like for example, if they're in Hawaii, they're in Honolulu and they wanted to come here for just say two hours, three hours, then yeah, they will call us, we'll go and pick them from Honolulu and bring them here. Or sometimes uh, big shot people, they will be here stationed and they just wanna go out to Maui and eat lunch. So they will charter our small plane and yeah, that's what the service that we are catering for everybody. Mm-hmm. So that must, you must meet some unusual people. Yes, I would say that. Mm-hmm. And you probably can't tell us who, right? <laughs> no, nope, because they always say, yeah, right. So that's, uh, and that's why you get the business because you're not telling anybody. Yeah, we, we should be that way to protect their privacy as well. Yes. Yeah. But it sounds like it's something you enjoy. I am enjoying, actually. And like you mentioned, yes, at first, I was scared, actually, because I don't even have an experience to do this. I may had before when I was back in Singapore to talk to people and stuff like that. But it's different here because I'm selling something that I'm not really, uh, how do you call it? It's like... It's just the, the view, these things, the island. But then my husband say, you have to believe on what you want to sell. If you believe in that, then you can sell it. Even if it's just worth a dollar, you can make it as a million. Yeah, That's one thing that he told me. Mm-hmm. So I said, sure, you have to like you have to put your passion into what you're doing mm-hmm. or else people will not be buying that. So over the years, I've learned a lot in order to like to deal with people, please people. Because again, from him, he said, you cannot please all the people. There will be like two out of 10 that will not be believing in that and they will be coming back to you and say, hey, we don't want this. So in order to, to please people, just be yourself, believe, and do not sell more than what you can do to them. Because mm-hmm. when you say stuff more than what you can do to them, then that word that you said that they did not see, then they will come back to you no matter what. So I said, okay, I've learned from that. So yeah, over the years... I mean, people will be complaining this, complaining that, but I still have a way to say to them that Mother Nature, we cannot control it. Yes. So that's always the thing. Mm -hmm. So is that probably one of your biggest issues if weather is an issue that people can't go or? mm -hmm. Yes, the cancellation. And uh, I mean, I would say like what they expect, Mm -hmm. like, gassing lever or stuff like that. I mean, how can we tell that, yeah, it's still doing it now, but when they go there a minute ago, it stops. So that's one thing that I always tell them, like, yes, you are asking me about that right now, but it might not be when you get here. Right, because the weather changes. Yes, but the only thing I always promise to them, when they come and get our service, it's a memories of a lifetime mm, that mm-hmm. you will come and do it with us. We'll make sure that 
the expectation that you wanted, we will render our service. Mm-hmm. So that's the only thing that I've been telling them. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Get out there. And I keep telling my husband, too, like, every time we go out there and fly this whole island, I will never get tired of it mm. because it's beautiful. And the meaning of life is when you look down and you will say it to yourself like, wow, why do I get so lucky to see this beautiful island? Yeah, and we're so lucky to live here, huh? So that's one thing that probably I will always tell everybody that when they come and ask me certain different weird questions, I say, just come and fly and you will see the beautiful island and you will answer your questions. Because mm. they will ask me different kinds of questions. I said, I don't know anything about that, but just come and see, mm-hmm. visit us. So if somebody wants to know more about this, do you have a website or how can they get more information? Yes, we do. Just uh, search our website, uh, www.bigislandair.com. Or call our number, 808-329-4868, and I'll be the one to answer your inquiries. (laughs) (laughs) So what's next for you, Hilda? All righty. Well, I guess right now we're still settling down because of this situation that we are in, but uh, we are thinking to venture out probably to go out in Florida not to stop here, but to venture out, and a little bit of expansion, probably. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know uh, everybody's listening, but I would say it loud. Maybe we go to, like, Florida, out to Bahamas. Mm -hmm. We'll see if God's will, you know, Mm -hmm. we'll get approved with that, Mm -hmm. and hopefully we'll do that in the next future. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're looking for. Well, I hear that you've always worked very hard and many times have had many jobs at once. Is there, do you have any passions outside of work and, yes. Okay, uh, right now I'm actually uh, focused back in Philippines. Every time I go home, I, I mean, I told few friends about this, what I'm doing. Every time I go home to Philippines, I always want to make sure that I have to contribute in our community. Our community where where I am right now, where my mom and dad, is the poorest, we call it, community in our town. So my goal there and my focus is to help those less fortunate kids. For the past few years that I've been going home, I always take a lot of old clothings, and then send it back there. And then when I get there to Philippines, I will distribute to every, every kids. And I always ask my family to, uh, for us to prepare food for the whole community and share it with them. Simple things like that is the one that making me happy because seeing a kid or a young or an old man or an old lady, when you give them or hand them over a simple item and they will look into your eyes and even though they won't say anything you can see it to their eyes how thankful they are and contented so that's my focus right now i'm helping everybody there 
It's like even if it's food, even if it's just small items for school and stuff, that's my uh, goal and that's my passion. Do you get to go there often or, well, especially this past yes, year? Yes, actually, I've been going three times, uh, three to four times a year. Wow. I know it is hard, but mm-hmm. people will ask me, like, how can you uh, do this? How can you do that? But with that amount of money that I'm, because, um, yeah, I got a little bit. So with that amount of money, I wanted to share it to them because my thing is, how could I keep this when there's a lot of people that needing there? People might think I'm crazy because I am not, I'm not that rich or anything, but I'm still giving more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then like my mom again say, sometimes I think she's crazy, but she says this, it's better to give than to receive. Mm-hmm. Then I always say, why I keep giving? And I don't even receive anything. But I was wrong mm-hmm. because just compared to what I have when I was a kid mm-hmm. and where I am right now, mm-hmm. I think what I give now is what because I receive now. Mm-hmm. Because of what I don't have before, mm-hmm. now I'm having it, so I want to give it back. Mm-hmm. So that's what I see. Mm-hmm. Give back what you have. <laughs> so yes. yeah. Well, that's wonderful. Any any other passions that you have, or you said that was your main focus? That's my main focus right now, because of the time consuming and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I know it's too late, but I want to finish up my studies too it's never too late <laughs> yes i know you're gonna say never that never <laughs> too late yeah. i got my degree at 46 so wow yeah so isla's talking in the background about how she went back to school after okay. she was in her 40s so yep because mm-hmm. i think that's when you say it to yourself that never give up right, right? yes mm-hmm. focus and be determined persevere, mm-hmm. and you will get there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'm convinced, Hilda, that you're going to get anything you want in life. It <laughs> sounds you. like you've already done that. And, uh, you know, you have some really good messages for us today. So what? anything else you want to add? Any, any other pieces of advice that you have for our listeners? It sounds like you've had a very full life. Well, the only thing I can say is... Right now, a lot of people will be wondering what's going on, right? But then I say, just be yourself. Do not think more than what you can imagine. And like I just mentioned it just now, work hard. If you have a goal that you wanted to, you know, to to get it, work hard again, persevere, and be happy. Because... Nobody can stop you if you want to do something. Mm-hmm. And with the negative and positive and stuff like that, I always say just be positive on everything. Mm-hmm. And the number one part is put a smile on your face. <laughs> <laughs> and what I hear you saying is really not faking it. You know, I think some people, you know, say, oh, oh, they just want me to put a smile on my face. But you're really I saying mean it. it. You want to feel it. Yep. Yeah. Feel that. Yeah. And I think you're right. I think with perseverance and uh, positivity, there's almost nothing we can achieve. Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to thank you so much for being our special guest today. My I'm, pleasure. I'm delighted that you are sharing these stories. I think you will be an inspiration to others who are listening. Well, thank you. I'm glad I can be. I'll be here. I mean, I, 
All right. Thank you. All right. This is Holly Allgood saying goodbye from Tutu's Talk Story here on KNKRLP 96.1 FM Kohala. Thank you.